Don't say die, we won't give in We're number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm and we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast. Episode four, a big shout out to SENZ and show host of Extra Time, Ricardo Ball, for having me on their program to preview the upcoming NRL season for Melbourne Storm. The episode has been uploaded uh, to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Um, so it is uh, available now, and uh, if you do subscribe, it will ensure that you'll never miss out on storm news, views, interviews, and analysis, which I will be bringing to you every week. Anywho, let's get on with the show, shall we? So the preseason tournament is over, or the preseason challenge in its inaugural state. Uh, unfortunately, Manly won it. No. Yes, how unfortunate! How unfortunate! But alas, uh, it was, uh, I suppose, seen as uh, two trials. Um, some really, really good signs over the past fortnight for for the Storm. I thought. Um, especially we covered last week's um, trial against the Roosters and and our second trial was against the New Zealand Warriors in Christchurch, New Zealand. So um, I, I did take some notes. So I've watched the game quite a number of times. So I thought I'd just uh, download a few of my thoughts and uh, observations from, uh, from the weekend. So as predicted, uh, Trent Liero played primarily on the left edge, uh, replacing Kenny Bromwich. Xavier Coates, too, has reverted to the left wing, where he actually started last season before switching over to the right after Meany shifted to the left. Uh, Munster was playing on both sides of the ruck very, very early on, winning good ball. Uh, Husey also played on the ball a lot more than he usually does. Usually they, they... they're, they're edge edge halves, um, and what I mean by that is is that usually prim- primarily the the way the attacking formation has uh, been orchestrated over the past couple of seasons is that they haven't really had a dominant on the ball half as such. So traditionally, the the number seven or the halfback usually plays on the ball. What is playing on the ball? It means that they play both sides of the ruck and they're always generally first receiver. Husey did a lot more of that on the weekend uh, and which saw him and Money actually combining a lot more than they usually do. Usually Husey just operates down the right right edge, right tram line and Munster likewise on the, on the left edge. But this time Munster was popping up on the right um, as we could see with that beautiful ball to uh, Elisa Katoa. Uh, tr- traditionally, Munster doesn't really go and deviate to the right 
right-hand side because that's usually Hughes' domain. But it was interesting to see that is obviously something that they've been working on, uh, a potentially new attacking structure which may take some time to gel. Um, it's not on. It's not uncommon. It is not uncommon. I mean, you, all you have to do is cast your mind back 20, 30, 40 years ago majority of halves pairings would always link up and play that first receiver, second receiver role. So the number seven would always primarily always touch the, the ball first as the first receiver uh, from the dummy half, and the five-eighth would always play the second receiver. Now, for whatever reason, as the game evolves and you've got different types of um, methodologies and, and viewpoints in terms of how how attack should be orchestrated. Um, usually it comes down to innovation and, and being being different to your opposition. It's seen uh, majority of halves in the modern, modern game play either left or right. So, for example, if you go back and you look at, let's, let's use the mortal enemy uh, as a case in point, uh, Manly Warringah Seagulls, is that primarily Daly Cherry Evans is a right uh, edge uh, half, doesn't really operate on the left, whilst Kieran Foran would traditionally always play on the left and would always be on that first ball, uh, uh, first receiver play to give Cherry Evans, who's a natural ball runner, that extra time and space to hit his outside men. If we transport the way Daly Cherry Evans plays his football as a half, he'd be, 30, 40 years ago, he'd probably be wearing the number six. He'd be a 5'8", because he doesn't really play as an on-the-ball traditional game-managing director as your organised number sevens do. Um, But it was just just an interesting observation that I did find in the first first stanza of, of the trial against the Warriors. Um... Xavier Coates and Will Warbrick looked very, very strong on kick returns. Great yardage, um, which took a heap of pressure off uh, the Storm's middles and allowed uh, Melbourne to roll upfield with ease. Uh, it was it was actually quite interesting to see how much latitude and how much momentum they were actually being able to generate off the kick returns from the big bodies in Xavier Coates and Will Warbrick. Josh King and Nelson got through a mountain of work. Uh, Asafa Solomona was skittling people at will. Um, Xavier Coates played the first half with Dean Oromia coming onto the left wing in the second stanza of the game. Um, unfortunately, uh, Dean Oromia fell victim to what looked to have been a hip drop tackle by Warriors winger Dallin Watini Zalesniak and sustained a knee injury. Coates returned to the field, replacing Oromia in the last 20 minutes. Uh, Nick Meaney, Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes all played around about 60 minutes of a possible 80. So traditionally they usually only play 30 or 40, but um, for them to to stay out there for for that long I thought was rather impressive. Um, Whilst clunky, it was a great opportunity as, as... We've spoken about in the last couple of episodes a great opportunity to sort of get the lungs, the lungs burning, get some K's in the legs, uh, a bit of volume, and, and really build that match fitness. I mean, you can do all the running and conditioning at training, but nothing beats actual game 
game simulation and game play. Um, so they'll definitely be better for the run as well. Um, these guys are pretty much match fit anyway, coming off a World Cup. So it's not like they've been sitting on an island drinking mojitos and, and pina coladas. They've, um, they're, they're still pretty fit from the back end of, of last season with that extended sort of rep period. So I'm expecting them to be hitting the ground running. Um, Bronson Garlic, Tyron Wishart, Jonah Pezzett and Sua Fea were their replacements for the last quarter of the game. So virtually they were, um, Bellamy replaced um, the starting spine with the backup spine, if you like. Um, Joey Chan uh, moved to the left edge when he came on, replacing Trent Laero, which I, I thought was very interesting. Um, Grant Anderson replaced Remus Smith at right centre for the final quarter of the game as well. Chan then moved to the right edge for the final 10 minutes with Liero coming back onto the on the field and Katoa uh, was given a breather with about 10 minutes to go. Um, Grant Anderson shifted to to uh, the left centre with young Tonomopia reverting to the right with Remus Smith finishing the game on the right wing. Uh, with Will Warbrick being rested. So a little bit of experimenting uh, in that last 10 to 15 minutes in terms of positions and edges um, by the Storm coaching team uh, in the final stages of the game. And that kept some of the players out there just to get some extra volume uh, in their legs and their lungs, as uh, mentioned earlier with um, with Munster Hughes Grant uh, all playing uh, bigger minutes than anticipated. So overall, uh, a solid hit out. Completions improved remarkably in the, in, in the second half. Um, so yeah, they look clunky, a little bit rusty, um, a lot of drop ball, but it's it's trials. It's to be expected. Um, I mean, you can do all all the simulation play. You can do all the edge. Edge, so edge versus edge at training, but nothing actually beats being out there and, and having that sort of uh, speed of the game, pace of the game, and that, that sort of opposition that runs straight at you and, and can put pressure on you. So um, it's all well and good to train at a higher intensity, but again, nothing beats that uh, that actual real game simulation. So that's, that's what you want to take out of trials to to get you ready for round one. And um, again, I don't think fitness will be an issue. The boys look the, the boys look great. Um, so, you know, kudos to the, the strength and conditioning team and the performance unit um, that have obviously got these boys into, into shape. And obviously we know Melbourne Storm's arduous uh, pre-seasons, um, the I Don't Quit camp, the standard of training, training at a higher intensity, uh, and then the the the, the uh, Geelong camp as well puts a lot of uh, lot of lot of volume in the in into their bodies. So um, yeah, they come round one, uh, fitness won't be an issue. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're we're what eight 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 days away, eight days away, seven sleeps away actually, seven sleeps. So uh, the time that you guys will hear this, it'll it'll be a Thursday. So. Yeah, seven sleeps. Bring it on. Okay.
Okay, um, we've got an injury update uh, to to the storm, which we'll get through. Um, bit of bit of sad news, which is unfortunate. So, Dean Oromea to miss the season with a horrible ACL injury. <laughs> So, unfortunately, that tackle which I mentioned in my in my notes, it's um, it's resulted in Dean Iremia uh, having scans uh, when he got back to Melbourne from New Zealand. It, it's it's confirmed the worst that that hip drop ta- tackle has actually resulted in him tearing his uh, anterior cruciate ligament, which is a which is a nine month injury, which. Virtually spells the uh, the the twenty twenty three season um, over for for young Dean and um, terrible terrible news and it just adds to to a growing injury list already. Um, we're losing troops um, already and a ball hasn't even been kicked. So uh, that that ain't good. That ain't good at all. And um, injury report also saw that uh, Tui Kamikamitha. Is also out, so that that doesn't help. So he's sustained a tendon injury in his foot. God damn it! They add to a growing injury list, which already includes Ryan Pappenhausen, Justin Ollum, Tarek Sims, Marianne Seve, George Jennings, Tepe Morora, and Jack Howarth. Um, so yeah, quite a quite a number of players there, and. Howarth, uh, who is making his way back through the feeder team, the Sunshine Coast Falcons, after off-season shoulder surgery. So, again, uh, we keep saying, Godspeed on the recovery, boys. We need you back ASAP. Okay, Storm News. Uh a bit of news. Uh, there was an article in the News Corp Press uh, by Fadima Kado, um, a great journalist. Uh, she interviewed uh, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes, uh, discussing a number of topics. Um, and of course, the wide-ranging interview. The halves duo have their say on the latest contract developments and team selections ahead of Round One against the Eels on the second of March. So. Jerome Hughes was asked about Nelson uh, Asafa Solomona being off contract and, and um, posed the question to to um, Hughesy about if Nelson uh, would he be surprised if he went back to rugby. Hughesy went on to say, "Nah, I wouldn't be surprised." He started in rugby and Melbourne poached him, but he's always wanted to go back to rugby. I don't know if the timing is right for him. But it's a dream of his to play rugby professionally. Obviously, I don't want to lose him because we've lost a lot of experience in the forwards and we need him more than ever. Then the topic turned to Sua Fayalogo, who has sort of set the trials alight and people are now starting to take attention to this young young Melbourne junior. Uh, Fayalogo is a rare commodity in rugby league, a Melbourne born and bred uh, junior that's come through the system and pathways um, of the junior reps into now first grade. Uh, Storm fans got a glimpse of the 19-year-old's potential in week one of the trials. 
Um, but so too did uh, the NRL rival clubs. So Fayalongo, as it stands, is signed until 2024 with his sights squarely set on playing regular footy at fullback. Munster was asked um, about uh, Sua Fayalongo. Uh, Munster said he's hoping the rising number one can put aside his itchy feet and bide his time behind Ryan Pappenhausen. Munster was quoted saying, hopefully we can keep him. I know there will be some teams after him, that's for sure. Sewer is a freak with X Factor. When he has the ball in his hands, it gets to your, it gets your attention. That's what you want as a fullback. He reminds me of Caelan Ponga. He can snap ankles from anywhere. He's special. I know he wants to play fullback, but I hope he makes the right decision and stays here long term. So do we. Storm fans and members... We all want the same thing. We don't want to see this kid go. So, fingers crossed, um, he follows the lead of Jonah Pezzett and bides his time, continues to hone his craft, and uh, I believe his patience will be rewarded. Every every club needs depth. Every club needs players to call upon to step up if and when needed. We've seen that over the years with uh, the next man up mentality. Uh, I mean, the perfect example is Nico Hines, um, Mr. Fixit. When when Husey wasn't available or when Munster wasn't available or when Pappenhausen wasn't available, Nico would be able to step up and play one, six or seven and do it on a plum. So we're hoping that Sua can do the same thing. He's still very, very young. He's only 20. Um, so 19, turning 20, I believe. So there's time. There's time. He just he's just got to remain patient, and fingers crossed, he understands that. Uh, from an outside looking in, knowing that he is a a Melbourne born and bred junior, uh, all his families in Melbourne, I'd be very very reluctant to see him actually leave um, and fly the coop. So fingers crossed, my gut instinct um, comes to fruition there, and we see Suifar Longo, a long-term Melbourne Storm player. Now, Will Warbrick, who, again, his trial form has been absolutely sensational, uh, an Olympic Rugby 7 silver medalist. Uh, Warbrick has set, uh, is yet to earn his NRL debut until now. So two powerful performances in the trials uh, from the rugby convert, who is in his second season at Melbourne Storm. Um, and it, well, from what the, the News Corp um, press is, is uh, reporting, is that he's set to relegate George Jennings and Dean Oramia to reserve grade. Now, as we know, George Jennings is uh, on track to be available um, to return to rugby league uh, from round four onwards, uh, uh, having sustained an ACL tear back in round one last year against Wests. Uh, and Dean Oramia, to, well, uh, unfortunately, we've already touched on that. The the horrible news about him doing his ACL um, sustained in that hip drop tackle. Um, so he, he unfortunately won't be... Won't be there this year. So, if anything, the the, the stocks of Will Warbrick's um, potential to play first grade at some point in 2023 uh, were always going to be high because of the injuries. Uh, but now, on the back of his trial form, you'd you'd say that he he's 
Him and Xavier Coates will be the two wingers picked. Warbrick um, on the right edge, and it looks like Xavier will be on the left edge. Uh, Munster was asked about Warbrick and was quoted saying, from the way he played on the weekend, he should be there. If I was a betting man, I would say it would be Xavier Coates and Will as the wingers in round one. Well, there you go. Uh, Now we have two tall timbers, good in the air, on the wing. It's nice to know... um, on the fifth tackle, they'll be there to use. So, yeah, so there we go. Um, Munster was also asked about captaincy. So two weeks ago, Munster put his hand up to take over as captain after the exit of long-term skipper Jesse Bromwich to the Dolphins. The bold declaration came 16 months after he was booted from the leadership group following the white powder scandal, but Munster had an about-face over the captaincy armband. He was quoted saying, it sounds nice and pretty having the captaincy on my name, but I still have a long way to go. I have aspirations to be captain at Storm, but at this stage, I only have just been pushed into the leadership group after being kicked out of it. I want to be there longer before taking it on. I think that is a very, very mature response from Cameron Munster. I, I, I have no doubt that he would excel with the C next to his name. I know there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, he doesn't need the C next to his name to be a leader. So true. But the captaincy is something that he's always aspired to, being a one-club player and obviously being able to represent um, the Storm at the highest level. And, and part of that is is having the captaincy. Um, but... Um, Obviously, we understand his indiscretion um, of 2021 probably has that um, sidelined at the moment. And again, his um, lifestyle change, uh, which is reflected in his form, has been absolutely sensational. He's won the club player of the year, um, the Cameron Smith Award, as it's now been known. He had a, a, a remarkable season, not only with the Storm, but with Queensland, and went on uh, to dominate uh, with Australia in the World Cup too. And that was on the back of making some some really stark changes to his lifestyle, specifically in and around drinking. Um, and everything from there has has coincided with, with him playing his best football. I think um, the penny has finally dropped with Cameron Munster. Uh, he obviously came became a father as well uh, and they say that fatherhood and parenthood changes you and I, I dare say that um, that has uh, obviously had some sort of impact with the lifestyle change as well so um, again a really really mature response from 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 Munster and yeah well done to him and I have no doubt at some stage uh, he'll be given the opportunity to to lead the club uh, as captain. He did speak about his booze ban. Um, so, as we know, Melbourne officials imposed an alcohol ban on Munster in season 2022 in the wake of the white powder scandal, which threatened to end his storm career. Uh, Munster was undecided in the preseason if that ban would be a self-imposed one until now. So, quoted, he said, Round one, I'm ready to go again. It shows how good my footy was going when I was offered. It's going to be a lot harder. I had a carrot hanging over my head because of what I did. Now it's on my terms. Before I had to live by the club's rule not to do it. Now it's my call. 
So here's to another stellar season for the money man. So the Storm today have announced their leadership group and their captain. So front rower Christian Welsh will assume sole captaincy of Melbourne Storm in the club's 25th anniversary season in 2023. He will be assisted, however, by three new vice-captains, Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster, who we were just talking about, who will bring a wealth of NRL and representative experience to the roles. Welsh, who turns 28, uh, was joint captain of Storm for the first time in season 22, sharing the duties with Jesse Bromwich and his rise to solo captain in 2023 completes a leadership journey which started when he led the club's NYC under-20s team. Welsh made his NRL debut in 2015 and has gone on to play 118 matches, uh, as well as making six State of Origin appearances for Queensland. He was part of Melbourne Storm's 2020 Premiership winning team and also featured in the 2016 and 2018 Grand Finals. Welsh joins an esteemed list of solo Storm captains, all whom are forwards. That includes NRL captaincy record holder, you may have heard of this guy, Cameron Smith, Glenn Lazarus, Robbie Kearns, Rodney Howe and Stephen Kearney. Storm CEO Justin Rodsky said Welsh had fully deserved the opportunity to lead the club as the Storm's first solo captain since the retirement of club legend Cameron Smith following the 2020 grand final win. Christian has risen through the ranks at Storm since he first came to the club as a young man from Queensland, Rodsky said. He quickly embraced what Storm is all about. He loves living in Melbourne uh, and has become enormously popular with everyone at the club. I think that's that is so true. He he is very well valued. I know I know the the boys put a lot of crap on him. Um, he calls himself the White Rhino, meaning that uh, he's uh, a, a dying breed because white rhino, rhinoceroses like uh, white prop forwards are. are are in, uh, on the face of extinction with the rise of the Polynesians, but um, he, his teammates have uh, twisted that and called him the White Dugong. So, yes, very, very interesting, very funny. But um, yeah, let's let's just hear what um, what Walshie had to say about being captain. Yeah, it's a really proud moment. Um, come down to Melbourne as an eighteen-year-old, um, and it's been ten years. And yeah, it's. Uh, I really love this club, the people here, what we're about, you know, what we stand for, and um, it's a huge honour to, to be captain. And um, yeah, it's not something I take lightly. It's, a, it's a really something um, that I'll cherish for a long time. Um, but as I said to the boys today in the in the meeting, it's um, it, it's a group effort, and we've got some, you know, we've got six guys in the leadership group, and we've got the, the three vice captains and Harry, Jerome, uh, and Munster. That you know, we're all leading together. We're all working hard. Um, to set the standards off the field, but also on the field, I need these guys who are our—they're uh, our really important spine players. They'll—they'll they'll push the team around, and I'll—I'll I'll just work on just making the tackles. So, um, yeah, we've got a great group of guys, as Justin um, said. Um, you know, senior guys, rep players, been around a long time, and it's time for us to really take the club forward. 
So there you have it, there's Welshy, the new Storm captain. So congratulations to Christian, and we know we're in good hands uh, both on and off the field with him with the C next to his name. The leadership group of the Storm includes Welsh and the three vice-captains in Munster, Hughes and Grant, but also extends to Ryan Pappenhausen and the unassuming Tom Eisenhuth. Uh, Tommy Eisenhuth is a typical belly-act prototype of a player. Quiet, reserved, yet his work ethic and how he, how about, how he goes about his job and role is the type of player which Bellamy has come to know and love. Cut from the same cloth as your Dallas Johnsons, your Slade Griffins, your Ryan Hinchcliffs, your Dale Finucans. Eisenhuth is in the same bracket, the same category of player. So well done to Tom and all of the boys on their appointments to the leadership group following in some really, really good footsteps of Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, uh, Will Chambers. Uh, the list goes on. We've had uh, been blessed to have so many great, amazing leaders uh, don the purple jersey. Um, Husey uh, was also interviewed today about uh, the appointment of um, the leadership group and him being um, appointed vice-captain. Let's see what Husey had to say. Jerome, uh, in the leadership group once again, what's that, uh, what sort of an honour is that? Yeah, it's a massive honour, mate, um, you know, to be put in a leadership group next to the, you know, a few of the names we got and, um, you know, it's a really exciting time, especially with a lot of, a lot of our leaders moving on uh, last year. Um, it's good for, um, you know, a new set of leaders to sort of lead the way into this um, you know, new start, I feel, for our club. Is that something you're conscious of? Obviously, um, a few veterans uh, parting ways last year that, that you need to step up? Yeah, definitely, and I think it's really exciting, um, you know, having to step up in their positions and, um, you know, lead our own way. Um, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of new boys in this leadership group and uh, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to try to be like any other leaders. We want to lead our own way and that's something um, Joel Salwood's been really good with us is just, um, you know, letting us take charge and um, lead the way we want to lead. Joel obviously has had a storied career in AFL. What, what has he brought as leadership coach and from your dealings with him so far? Yeah, he's been really good. Just how calm he is. Um, you know, you sort of see him the way he used to play. You didn't think he'd be so calm, but just the, the calm or sort of nature he has, the way he talks and the way he gets around and um, does things, it's really good. And um, just to see how someone else, you know, someone from a different code, uh, such a great leader for so long, um, how he how he done things and how he looked at things, it's good to get, a, I guess, a insight into that, that sort of stuff. And it just, you know, gives us a lot of experience on how other people do their stuff. So there you go. There's Husey talking about the impact and influence of uh, of uh, leadership coach Joel Selwood, the former uh, Geelong Cats premiership winning captain, um, and again the the honour and privilege to to be vice captain of this great club. Um, and Cameron Munster was also interviewed today, and as as we've already touched on, the you could see the maturity of him, uh, understanding that um, his. Whilst he wanted to be captain, his first port of call was to be, uh, I suppose, voted back in to becoming a leader again of the club. And his actions on and off the field over the past 12 to 15 months have reflected in him being not only uh, involved and appointed into the leadership group once again, um, but also now becoming one of the three vice captains. Let's hear a bit what Money had to say on his appointment. 
Aaron, back in the leadership group, is that an honour? Yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy turnaround, obviously, from the last 12 months. I'm uh, really proud of the way I've come and what I've done. Um, so, pretty lucky to have such a great leadership group. Um, some stars all around the group, and there's a lot of leaders in that team. And I'm uh, really excited to obviously lead this new generation coming through. Um, probably one of the older heads now at the club. And I think it's my time to obviously uh, just show the younger boys what we are about this club and why we love this club so much and why we want to work for each other. And um, yeah, I can't wait to show you the case that come round one. I know we've got a hard task against Parramatta Eels on Thursday, but. Um, we'll see where we're at. So there's Money Man. So, yes, all all attention now turns to round one, uh, 2nd of March at Combank Stadium against the Parramatta Eels. So, yep, as I said, seven sleeps to go. It'll be here before we know it. Cannot wait. It's like Christmas. <laughs> Now, last episode, or I should say two episodes ago, in episode two, uh, I ended the show with wanting to talk about the Melbourne Storm Academy. Now, Victoria's elite male rugby league players will have the opportunity to play in Melbourne Storm colours this season with the newly announced Melbourne Storm junior representative teams. So... NRL Victoria and Melbourne Storm have formalised a partnership that will that has rebranded the under-19 SG Ball and the under-21 Jersey Flag Victorian Thunderbolt teams in the New South Wales Rugby League competitions from the Victorian Thunderbolts to the Melbourne Storm. General Manager of NRL Victoria, Brent Silver, said the partnership with the Storm had already provided great benefits to players, referees, coaches and administrators across Victoria. Silver went on to say, Storm has been a great supporter of our game in Victoria, not only through their success on the field, but by putting their name to all our competitions, having players engaged with the community and providing free memberships for all registered participants. This is yet another positive step for our game and gives our players extra incentive to want to pull on that purple jersey. We are also very grateful to David Trodden and the New South Wales Rugby League Board for their support of the name change in time for the 2023 season. We believe this will have a significant impact on the future growth of our game in Victoria and only further strengthens the game across the country. The Storm currently has three Victorian players on top 30 rosters, uh, in their top 30 roster, in Dean Oromia, Young Tonomapia, and Sua Fayalongo. Uh, Storm General Manager football of Football Frank Panisi said the partnership will provide young players with the incentive to stay in Victoria to develop their game. Panisi went on to say, Panisi went on to say, I should say, we have lost too many talented players from Victoria in recent years who have been looking elsewhere for a pathway to play in the NRL. To have uh, had only four Victorian players wear the Storm jersey in the NRL in our 25 years is just not good enough. We want to build a system with NRL Victoria that provides young boys and young girls with the development and pathways to play for Storm 
not have them look interstate to follow their NRL dream. While the Thunderbolts have been a good development program for our local elite players, we want to build a system that develops and delivers a strong connection with Storm and provides the incentive for local players to one day play for Melbourne Storm at Amy Park. Not only will the SG Ball and Jersey Flag teams play under our name, but players will wear Storm colours, train in Storm kit, and have access to our coaches and staff throughout the year to help in their training and development. Rebranding the junior representative sides from Victorian Thunderbolts to Melbourne Storm, in my opinion, is an absolute no-brainer. Kids coming through wanting to see a pathway to first grade NRL and wearing the same training kit, playing in the same jersey, with the same brand and logo on the heart, establishes that emotional connection. Sending a message to aspiring players coming through the pathways in Victoria that they're a part of the storm and can aspire to progress through the age groups and levels. It's such a great move. We've seen that what is happening at the Panthers at the moment, which is just the benchmark in terms of pathways development, junior district, everything. And this is this is a step in the, in, in the same direction, the right direction. I'm not trying to compare apples and oranges between the Panthers junior nursery and, and the Storms junior nursery, but from little things, big things grow. You've got to plant a seed. To, to, to sprout a tree and, and, and this is this is a part of that that strategy moving forward. It's been a long time coming. It's been a slow burn. Um, record numbers in the NRL Victorian junior system um, and junior district, which is fantastic. We've we've had another club uh, pop up um, over the past few months as well, the Geelong Sharks. So that means there's more kids playing rugby league in Victoria. Um, not just in Melbourne, but on the outskirts as well. So the game is organically growing, which is fantastic to see. And initiatives like this, it's only going to help that. So well done to NRL Victoria, well done to Melbourne Storm, and well done to the New South Wales Rugby League in, in, in allowing the Storm to have their junior representative sides playing uh, against other SG Ball and Jersey Flag uh, under-19s and under-21s in the New South Wales Rugby League competition. So, again, um, competition may be a little bit skewed towards those uh, those Sydney Metropolitan and New South Wales clubs, to be expected, but you've got to start somewhere, and and to be the best, you've got to play the best, and that's that's what the, uh, the Melbourne Storm juniors will be doing now. So, fantastic to see. Um, again, kudos and yeah, bring bring on the next uh, bring on the next young tournament pair. Now, a bit of a segue to that is the Melbourne Storm Academy. A new wave of rugby league talent has hit the training field in Melbourne with. Officials launching the Storm Academy, which has been supported by the Storm's major partner, Red Z, and official partner, Jbro. So two great commercial partners of the Melbourne Storm, and we thank them for their support of the Storm Academy. 
So what is the what is the Storm Academy? Well, 12 young footballers from Victoria, Queensland and New South Wales, as well as New Zealand, have been identified as future NRL prospects and will learn all that it takes on and off the field to become first-grade players with the Storm. They're, they are under the guidance of two former Storm representative players, academy coach Matt Duffy and recruitment and pathways manager Tim Glasby, a 2017 Premiership winner. Uh, and they will form part of Melbourne's uh, Jersey flag squad in 2023. Um, the 12 academy players, that is. Let's hear what academy coach um, Matt Duffy had to say. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's massive. I think um, across Victoria, we don't have a huge amount of venues, um, uh, elite venues, and and this one's going to be specifically for rugby league, which is again another another positive. Um, you know, we've only had four players come through come through our our team, Victorian players. So this is specifically for Victorian boys and and also girls um, develop the girls' game and hopefully one day have the NRLW team. Yeah. So, and in terms of that pathway, we're We've got uh, some exciting news that we'll be announcing today in partnership with NRL Victoria for our Thunderbolts. Yeah, look, they're going to play. Um, yeah, Victorian Thunderbolts going to play as the, the Melbourne Storm Thunderbolts, which is is very exciting. I um, I came through a system where it was called the Melbourne Storm Thunderbolts, um, and yeah, just with that, it brings a lot more responsibility. But and hopefully, it's um, a bit of motivation, hope for the kids coming through our system that one day they can transition from our you know Melbourne Storm um, junior teams into our Melbourne Storm senior team. So, yeah, it's very, it's a, it's a very cool um, announcement, yeah. So there was Matt Duffy there, the academy coach. Um, the academy is part, a key part of Melbourne Storm's plans to develop more homegrown players. Um, so, again, this, this sort of curtails straight into the strategy of the rebrand of the Victorian Thunderbolts. Um, so you add that piece with the academy piece and... That's what it's all about, producing uh, local homegrown players. Uh, Melbourne Storm CEO Justin Brodsky uh, said the Storm had a strong reputation for growing and developing its own talent during the years of the MYC under-20s competition, which is so true. We had so many kids come through uh, the pathways, uh, both locally uh, as well as through the pathways in, in Queensland. However, those numbers had reduced since that competition ended in 2017, which to this day, uh, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you could see what the NYC was trying to achieve. Um, and I think we're actually, as a game, I think we're, we're, uh, we're, we're not in a better position with, without it. Uh, it was preparing um, these, these players to come through and, and get ready for first grade. So... It was almost providing uh, an environment of sefi, uh, semi-professionalism. Uh, and part of that too was ensuring that players actually had to have something going on outside of rugby league. So they either had to be working, doing an apprenticeship, going to university or TAFE, doing some sort of tertiary education or post, uh, post-schooling education, um, doing a trade, etc. So they actually had to be doing something from 9 to 5 and then they're then, then the uh, professional realm of training would uh, would take over uh, of an evening. So 
it sort of was um, ensuring that was set, they, there was motivation to, to keep their MYC contract by ensuring they had something going on to prepare them for life after football. So there was a, there was a lot of perks and a lot of benefits to what the MYC was actually trying to establish um, as well as produce uh, good footballers coming through from, from the local from the local area and local district of, of each National Rugby League club. So, unfortunately, but um, alas, I, I digress. That's a topic for another day. Um, I don't want to get on my soapbox on that right now. But, um, yeah, um, here's what uh, Justin Brodsky had to say about the Storm Academy. Uh, the academy has been some years in the making. Uh, obviously, through COVID, it's taken a little bit longer and been delayed. Uh, but it's something that we identified as a gap in our pathways. We've got players from New South Wales, Queensland, New Zealand. Uh, hopefully in the future we'll have players from the Pacific Islands and around the world. We've got Indigenous players here, part of our Coles Indigenous Pathways program. And importantly for us, we've also got Victorian kids. So for us to create this academy to keep our homegrown talent here in Victoria is incredibly important for us as well. With the resources that we have across the club, coaching, development, welfare, um, we feel that this environment and the academy will provide the best possible pathway uh, for these young boys to become, hopefully one day, uh, Melbourne Storm players. And a huge welcome to each and every one of our Melbourne Storm Academy players. Uh, We hope you make the most of this fantastic experience and opportunity. And um, we hope to our members and fans that... uh, You'll enjoy watching uh, these young men grow and hopefully become, uh, you know, the next generation of Melbourne Storm stars. So Justin Brodsky there, um, talking about the Storm Academy, and and again, I think it's a, it's an absolute no-brainer, um, changing and rebranding uh, the Victorian Thunderbolts along with this uh, to Melbourne Storm and along with this academy. Uh, the end goal is to produce homegrown players, and I'm, I'm sure that it will definitely do that. So this is a great move by Storm and, and has been on the radar for, for quite a while, acknowledging whilst their pathways are strong, uh, establishing academies and feeder arrangements in East Brisbane and, and on the Sunshine Coast, attention did need to turn to producing more local homegrown talent, so expect more Mahe Fanua's, Young Tonomapias, Richie Kenners, Dean Iremias and Sua Fayalongos to start filtering through in the coming years for the mighty Melbourne Storm. Well, that concludes episode four. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, again, there was a, a little bit to get through in terms of the debrief of the uh, second trial of the pre-season challenge. A uh, lot, lot of storm news, um, obviously, specifically around the leadership aspect of, of, of uh, the club, which is fantastic to see. Again, congratulations to the boys that have been appointed to the leadership group. Um, and the vice-captains and Welshie as solo captain joining uh, an esteemed uh, group of previous captains. So uh, next week's episode, uh, we'll be probably dropping straight after our first official team list Tuesday for 2023, round one, as the Storm look forward to taking on the Parramatta Eels so we'll be going through the team list with a 
forensic lens looking at uh, at the extended uh, name 22 or 24 players. I'm not sure what it will be now that we're out of the COVID realm, but um, I'll be interested to see who does line up for that and, and again, who's also in the pathway uh, feeder teams as well to see who's coming back from injury, etc. But, um, no, it'll be, it'll be great. And I will also be getting on um, a very good friend of mine, uh, Joseph Rashid, my friend Joey, who is a die-in-the-wall tragic Eels fan. Um, he's an absolute punish on Twitter, but apart from that, he's a very, very good friend of mine, and um, he um, will be coming on, and we will be previewing the Eels vs. Storm game. I'll grab his opinion on where he thinks the game will be won, where the game could be lost. Let's hope it's going to be lost for the Eels. Um, and, yeah, and uh, we'll also ask him about um, how long he's been an Eels fan, why he became an Eels fan, and his involvement not only as a member, but my friend Joey is a part of the what the Eels refer to as their members' council. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to hear what he has to say about that and potentially... Um, Maybe the Melbourne Storm might come up with a membership council, so it uh, it almost acts as a shall uh, I say a uh, a chamber to the Melbourne Storm Club, um, where they can provide feedback to uh, initiatives and strategies going forward. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great initiative, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and hear from Joey about uh, what that does entail. So, yes, I'll have a special guest. He'll be my first guest on uh, for the year. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to next next week's episode as we uh, all steam ahead to round, uh, round one. Can't wait. So, again, thank you so much for your ears. Thank you for listening. Uh, and until next week... Um, Have a great weekend, and let's go Storm.